Hein? Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Orvis, and I'm I'm from Portland, Oregon. We were talking about where we're from on the West Coast, and it was it's early here. It was early when I got up this morning, so it won't be ego presenting this very much because I'm half asleep. <laughs> so uh, today's lesson that we're going to have is is focus on lesson one fifty six. I walk with God in perfect holiness. Can you all hear me? Okay. And uh, I, I, I've been trying to prepare this for quite a while as people who know you look ahead at ahead of time and the whole idea of holiness is where I was trying to relate to that. But now, I mean, when I just let it all go, I'm, I'm gonna focus on the walk. I walk with God in perfect holiness because Walking is something, actually, a few, about 20 years ago, I went through a phase where I was with a women's group and we all gave ourselves alternative names. And I called myself journey woman, always on a journey, always felt like I was on a journey, always looking, always searching, always on a journey, always walking. So when, when this, you know, and I've also, walking implies we're going somewhere even though I say I walk with God in perfect holiness. And the trick is not to go anywhere when you're walking with God because we're already home. So home idea is another, res what I resonate with that idea of home and I'm going to really work with that. The Holy Spirit was, was just, just wouldn't let me let, let go of that word and that focus. The whole idea, you know, Dorothy's in Withers, Wizard of Oz saying, uh, there's no place like home. And then the idea of uh, always finding a home. I, I've moved so many times in my life. I mean, when I was a nun, I was sent to different places to teach every year, had to live in a new home and a new new group of people and a new, new classroom, and then always back and forth and around. And, uh, and since then, I've moved and moved and moved. So the idea of having a home has been so important to me. It's, it's like finding my security, finding where I'm anchored, finding where I belong. And so thankfully I found the course because nothing, nothing uh, physical has given me that. No place on earth has given me that security. And I always feel like I'm going to have to move again. I've been jealous of people who say, They've never moved. They've always lived in one spot. <laughs> that, that in some ways, you know, what the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. So I think, oh my gosh, would, what would the, that be like to be living in the same place for years? Because that would just feel so st stable. But, you know, so that I can relate more to that whole um, idea of leaving home. And that's why if you want to look at the chart at all, be sure you put me on uh, speaker. I'm using the same old chart I did because it, uh, last time because it's the same, but I've added the word home up there because to me, the idea of being uh, perfectly one with God and everyone is being home, being in the safe, wonderful, warm place of home. And so I'm just going to read. You don't have to go there because it's kind of an introductory place in, in the text on 148. 
listen to the story of the prodigal son and learn what God's treasure is and yours. This son of a living fa loving father left his home and thought he had squandered everything for nothing of any value. Although <laughs> he had not understood his worthlessness at the time. He was ashamed to return to his father because he thought he had hurt him. Yet when he came home, the father welcomed him with joy because the son, son himself was his father's treasure. He wanted nothing else. And that always feels, I can really relate. We can relate to that son who comes home after wandering everywhere. And I feel like I've wandered not only in this lifetime, but I can almost feel like I've wandered thousands of lifetimes, you know, always trying to find home. So uh, I am the prodigal son. I'm tired. My feet are sore. <laughs> I know there's places in the text that, I, that say that kind of thing. And I want to go home. And the father is calling me to walk with him. So I want to um, have you for an opening. I'm going to do the opening now. It's on... Uh, Lesson 200, page 384. So today we're going to walk with God in perfect holiness, holiness which means coming home for me. And it's, it's uh, section four. <clears throat> Come home. You have not found your happiness in foreign places and in alien forms that have no meaning to you. <clears throat> Though you sought to make them meaningful, this world is not where you belong. You are a stranger here, but it is given you to find the means whereby the world no longer seems to be a prison, a prison house or a jail for anyone. Down to six, what does forgiveness do? In truth, it has no function and does, not, does nothing, for it is unknown in heaven. It is only in hell where it is needed and where it must serve a mighty function. It is not the escape of God's beloved son from evil dreams that he imagines and yet believes are true. Who could hope for more while there appears to be a choice to make between success and failure, love, and fear. And just that first line, there is no peace except the peace of God. Because he has no, he has one son who cannot make the world in opposition to God's will and to his own, which is the same as his. And of course, there's the wonderful lesson that says it all. 
182, I will be still an instant and go home. And that I can really relate to. That is where I do go home when I'm really lost so many times. So this in the chart, we've left the father, I've left the father and thinking I'm out going on a journey. I'm gonna look for adventures. I'm gonna find something. I mean, it's, it's gonna be more exciting than being home. <laughs> I've been stuck with boredom. And, and then as soon as I do, then I'm wondering, oh my gosh, I didn't even say goodbye to the father. I, I didn't thank him for everything. I'm out here on my own. I need some money. I'm guilty. I mean, all the things start setting in. To me, that, that's very real. Uh, I don't belong here, but it's exciting sometimes. It's actually going down into all of these things. You know, we're, we found our body. We're having so much fun having eating food, having sex, playing, gambling, uh, going, traveling the world. It's, it's all so wonderful, but it's just a whirling, miserable merry-go-round because all the time I'm feeling guilty. I'm missing home, that perfect holiness, that perfect oneness with God. And uh, every once in a while, though, I remember that to be still an instant, and there I am again, I'm back. I'm home again, and that's, that's where it is. So that has really been helpful to me. I, I've even had to share, it's hard for me to even at this point in, in studying the course to remember like it's a formula. What, what am I supposed to do? How do I forgive uh, when I'm involved in something? What's the formula? What are the words? You know, what are the, what's the little uh, ritual? But for me, all, it all says, be still an instant or be still. Like everybody's been saying, shut up and just go home. And that's where I find it for me. So um, turn to where uh, we're starting out on our journey in the text, page 224, paragraph five. And we thought we were going to set out on this journey, we're going to just, but we've discovered it to be a mindless wandering through a never-ending labyrinth maze, labyrinthian maze. We find ourselves in darkness, lost. We find ourselves in a nightmare. We think we've left our father's home, the source of everything, our cause even though we haven't, it's impossible. We really haven't left. We feel so guilty and we're afraid and we project out on everybody else what we're afraid of. They're all after me. They're, they're making this miserable for me, this trip here this time. This horrendous sin I have, I've left my father's house. He's never gonna take me back. But here on exercise number five, it says you will undertake a journey because you are not at home in this world and you will search for your home whether you realize where it is or not if you believe it is outside you the search will be futile for you will be seeking it where it is not 
You do not remember how to look within, for you do not believe your home is there. Yet the Holy Spirit remembers it for you, and he will guide you to your home, because that is his mission. As he fulfills his mission, he will teach you yours, for your mission is the same as his. By guiding your brothers home, you are but following him. And I'm just going to pause there a minute, ask for anybody to, to comment or you wish. <coughs> the other, uh, the other day when you were talking, when, um, when, when, when you or Reese were, were talking about, you know, a formula to get back, a formula for uh, success, a formula for spirituality. How do I get to be spiritual again? Uh, Abe had used the word recipe. What's the recipe? I like that. <laughs> What's the recipe? What ingredients do I have to mix together for me to be the holy son of God and, and, and go home? What's the recipe for going home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, that means as you know, when I, like when you first come into the course, you say, well, what, a, what am I supposed to say when I do this? You know, what am I supposed to say, or, you know, to make the magic thing happen? <laughs> okay, Kathy. Yeah, I just wanted to say, Arise, thanks for this wonderful topic about the journey home, because, you know, it makes it always helps me to feel so safe. The course has always helped me to feel so safe, to find my safety and peace. And it talks about safety a lot. And because uh, it seems like I'm, I, we probably all had that sense when we were born, or at least for me, it has really stood out that I was always frightened, you know always frightened. So this is very, very important to me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kathy. And also the fact that in our day, in these days, there's so many homeless people. There's so much homelessness. And here in, in the city of Portland, we, you can't go anywhere in the city without seeing people in their camps, campers or their tents or their little boxes set up to where they're living inside of it. And, and you think, oh my goodness, how could anybody live like that, you know, live in their cars along our street, even they're parked overnight. Uh, they don't even have, they, they just sleep in their cars. It's, it's overwhelming. So that idea of having a home is really strong in my mind lately. So um, we're lost though on this journey. We walk and stumble and grope and until we reach the end of the road, because that's what you know, we are searching, we go on this journey, we look and look and look, and we try to find a house. I can't imagine some people have more than one home. You know, uh, how, how many homes do you have to have to feel safe? <clears throat> so even, uh, I, I, you know, as, as I drive downtown and, you know, the tents are set up, I'm just amazed at how much stuff they collect. <laughs> I mean, you figure you're on the street and you're homeless, you know, you don't need stuff, but man, they're pack rats. I mean, yeah. they surround themselves with every little thing they can find. It's like, it's like, for, it is their home. They're fortifying this, this place. I mean, we go from one box to another, yeah. you know, in, you know, like seemingly normal people, whatever that means, goes from their, their security of their house, their apartment, their bedroom, you know, out into the world, into their other security, their box, their car. And we're just moving from home to home, box to box. Yes. But uh, I, I think the homeless do think that is their home. 
for a while until the, you know, the cops throw them out and they got to go reestablish it somewhere else. But, but yeah, I mean, they're building their home as much as any of us are. <laughs> Doesn't take a lot of stuff. It just takes a little bit sometimes. <laughs> Abe, Abe has something. Oh yeah, Abe. Yeah, <clears throat> this idea of home being important, I, I resonate with, and you know, many of us have had the opportunity to watch our parents change residence from our childhood residence to a new place. And for some of us, the old place is still home, even though there's new people living there. But for a lot of us, it's wherever our parents are is where our home is. So, you know, going back to the course is, you know, wherever our parent God is, is where our home is. So, I, you know, maybe we can make that switch slowly but surely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's what the course Thank you, Abe. It, it is trying to tell us that is our home and, the, and it uses that word in here because we can relate to it. So, uh, but admitting that we're lost at first of all, we have to admit, because when we first set out, you know, you can imagine going out there and, oh, here, we're gonna find all these adventures and do all this fun. But now on page uh, 254 in the text, let's see. Paragraph three. I'm going to have somebody read uh, paragraph three. Let's see. I will look on my. I will start with uh, anybody that can't read. Let me know, but or doesn't have their book or something. So would Abby read three? And uh, see David Dempsey nine. And. Abe, 12, please, and then with comments. You do not really want the world you see, for it has disappointed you since time began. The homes you built have never sheltered you. The roads you made have led you nowhere, and no city that you built has withstood the crumbling assault of time. Nothing you made but has the mark of death upon it. Hold it not dear, for it is old and tired and ready to return to dust, even as you made it. This aching world has not the power to touch the living world at all. You could not give it that, and so although you turn in sadness from it, you cannot find in it the road that leads away from it into another world. Yeah, that... Uh, makes me think of the fact uh, that every this entire setup and system is completely um, it's foolproof and, and uh, the escape is uh, the escape exit is like um, technicals movies where they have a science fiction and we've got to get the point blah blah to get out to be transported. And this reminds me that my escape point, my exit is my brother. That's my escape exit, is that horse's ass or whatever <laughs> that brother is, that's my exit point. That's what's gonna get me out. And that is what I've used to keep me in prison. So that's what that made me think of. It's 
the last place you'd think to look to exit. <laughs> yes, or the last person's hand you would choose to hold on to on trying to find the way out. Like yeah. my transport out. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Abby. Very, very good point. <laughs> so nine, who has number nine? I do. Okay. You will first dream of peace and then awaken to it. Your first exchange of what you made for what you want is the exchange of nightmares for the happy dreams of love. In these lie your true perceptions, for Holy Spirit corrects the world of dreams when all perception is. Knowledge need no, needs no correction, yet the dreams of love lead unto knowledge. In them, you see nothing fearful, and because of this, they are the welcome that you offer knowledge. Love waits on welcome, not on time. And the real, real world is but your choice, your welcome of what always was. Therefore, the call of joy is in it, and your glad response is your awakening to what you have not lost. Well, I think what he's telling us here, it's always here. We just have to realize it. <laughs> it's, we need do nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just the forgiveness piece of every thought that we have in this world is just the denial of truth. Thank you. And that, that whole idea, too, that we're waiting to find our way home and we're lost. And uh, first we have to wake up to, the, to hearing the Father call us, you know, whether through knowledge or what. He's always calling us because well, we're always there, too, already. But that's what I too on the on the num the next one. Uh, go ahead with the next person. Only the Holy Spirit knows what you need, for He will give you all the thing all things that do not block the way to light. And what else could you need? In time, He gives you all the things that you need have, and will renew them as long as you have need of them. He will take nothing from you as long as you have any need of it. And yet he knows that everything you need is temporary and will but last until you step aside from all your needs and realize that all of them have been fulfilled. Therefore, he has no investment in the things that he supplies, except to make certain that you will not use them on behalf of lingering in time. He knows that you are not at home here, there, and he will and he wills no delay to wait upon your joyous homecoming. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I see over and over again, you know, the, the first sentence, only the Holy Spirit knows what you need. And uh, I, I to totally believe that. And what it doesn't say, but it implies is that I do not know what I need. And, I, and I, that's what, where I really get caught. I need to disabuse myself of that idea that I know what I need and only accept the fact that the Holy Spirit knows what I need and go with that. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, because in that one too, I was saying that, yeah, we don't know the way home. <laughs> we never will. And, and to think we do is, is really to stay lost. So like I keep saying, even to know what to say Every day when we find ourselves lost, uh, is and Abby says we all we have to do is look at our brother, and take his hand in the sense of 
helping us return home going, okay, you're the one, you, I, you're the one that has to, that has to take me home. So uh, I was going to ask you to, to go through lesson 164 before we go to the actual lesson, page three, workbook 311. I was thinking the ultimate irony of the Holy Spirit knows what I need. He knows I know I don't need anything. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean that's that's ultimately what it is. I'm the Son of God. What do I need? <laughs> I mean, He knows that. Yeah. I need my brother to realize that. <laughs> that that's my exit door to realizing that I don't need anything. I've already got it. Yes, and sometimes you know I keep waiting for. Uh, uh, giant or, or i should say deep insights or the voice to come in and tell me something profound and <laughs> and i don't hear anything it is it's that stillness it's that nothingness it's that quiet that i need to be able to be comfortable with and just sit in the stillness and the nothingness and the emptiness and that's where i'm being called home that's all i have to do is be still an instant and I love whoever said that and shut up, <laughs> let, let, uh, let myself go home. On 311, uh, hearing the stillness of that voice, I never left home in paragraph two. Um, and so uh, let's see, would Lisa, would you read paragraph two? And then three, would um, Kathy uh, Jones read? and for Osmani and comment. Uh, now are we one with him who is our source? What time but now can truth be recognized? The present is the only time there is. And so today, this instant, now, we come to look upon what is forever there not in our sight, but in the eyes of Christ. He looks past time and sees eternity as represented there. He hears the sounds the senseless, busy world engenders, yet he hears them faintly. For beyond them all, he hears the song of heaven and the voice for God more clear, more meaningful, more near. That is so beautiful. I allow myself to get distracted so many times when what I really want is this. And um, it just so near. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, go ahead and read two also, uh, because emphasizing the idea that we never left home, and no matter how, how many lifetimes we think we've been gone, or even in this lifetime, how long it's taking us to go home to that peaceful place. It's an ancient call. I love that word, ancient. And 
and it's always been there and it'll continue to always be there. So go ahead and read that one too. Me or did you assign that to somebody else? No, to you. Okay. The world fades away easily before his sight. Its sounds grow dim. A melody from far beyond the world increasingly is more and more distinct. An ancient call to which he gives an ancient answer. You will recognize them both, for they are but your answer to your father's call to you. Christ answers for you, echoing yourself, using your voice to give his glad consent, accepting your deliverance for you. I was like fighting tears as I was reading that. I'm not sure why, but it was just, it resonated with me, so. Yeah, we're on our way. We are on, yeah. we are there. <laughs> we yeah. think we're on our way. Thank you. Yeah. That, uh, that powerful image of Dorothy at the end of <laughs> Wizard of Oz, gently chanting to herself, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. <laughs> there's no place like home. Hmm. Yeah, that really resonates that's why that's such a powerful metaphor thank you Tim okay Lisa and Tim y'all gonna make me cry now anyway all right <laughs> how holy is your practicing today as Christ gives you his sight and hears for you and answers in your name the call he hears how quiet is the time you give to spend with him beyond the world how easily are all your seeming sins forgot and all your sorrows unremembered. On this day is grief laid by for sights and sounds that come from nearer than the world are clear to you who will today accept the gifts he gives. This is so beautiful. He the end I seek. And he the means I use to get there. Thank you, Aris. Thank, Thank you all. Yeah, so, so uh, let's go to lesson 156 now. On page, in workbook, book 290. No, no, that's not it. Yeah, page 294 in the workbook. Lesson 156. There, I walk with God in perfect holiness. So walking on, a, on one of those treadmills where we're really not getting anywhere, <laughs> but we're with, we're with uh, God. And uh, we don't even really need to go anywhere, but God's going to walk there with us, you know, on our treadmill. <laughs> and, and our brothers are with us. That's where we really are uh, already home. So uh, let's take one paragraph each and comment through this one. I don't know how time we are here and uh, see how far we get. We may have, if we have extra time, may have to break out, but I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> so break out, break out in the home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I will too go start with first one uh, would be Lynn and uh, the second one. Suki, are you able to read too? Okay, not, wait, wait, on number two. Yeah, 
you're you're on uh, mute, but when it comes time, unmute yourself. And number three uh, would uh, Myra. Four, Dave. Um, not Dave Dem Dempsey. Dave what? <laughs> Van Dyke. Van Dyke. Yes. And uh, five, uh, Tim. And six, Sakina. Seven, Margot. And eight, Jim. So start with one, please. Sure. I walk with God in perfect holiness. Today's idea but states the simple truth that makes the thought of sin impossible. It promises there is no cause for guilt, and being causeless, it does not exist. It follows surely from the basic thought so often mentioned in the text, ideas leave not their source. If this be true, how can you be apart from God? How could you walk the world alone and separate from your source? You know, I, I was thinking how many times I've, um, I've thought that there is somewhere that I'm trying to get to. And then if I just get there, then everything will be okay. I'll be okay. And, you know, I don't know. There's this shift going on where I'm, I am really realizing that it is right here, right now, that God is, not anywhere else. And that every time a problem or a worry or concern comes to me, if I go immediately to what is really real, all of that, you know, confusion and chaos and worry simply ceases to be. But that's an uncomfortable place still. So, you know, it's, it's this kind of one minute I can go, okay, God is, and I feel the stillness in the next minute, but, but then what does that mean? And I'm out of it. And then, oh, that's, you know, it's like, I don't have to worry about that. And so I'm just absolutely, I guess I'm loving the process because I, I, I'm aware that it's, I'm making a decision about what I want the state of my mind to be. And that really is, it's the opposite of feeling victimized, which is how I've lived all my life. And so, and it's not the burden of hating myself when I step out of the God is place, but just realizing that's, that's just old. And it's, it's, this is just part of the process. And the, and there's instant forgiveness, instant, the moment I'm still, so I, I don't know the, it's just the gifts just keep, keep coming. Thanks. Thank you. Do you, do you find yourself, Lynn, just stopping in place or closing your eyes momentarily to do You that? know, it's not usually not that, well, actually I should say I do. I do. I stop. I do stop. I didn't want to for one time. I kept thinking, I'll just think about it. But yes, I, that's the difference. I have been literally stopping. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you very much, Lynn. Number two. We are not inconsistent in the thoughts that we present in our curriculum. Truth must be 
true, through, uh, true must be true without if it be true. It cannot conflict, uh, contract, contradict itself, nor be parse uncertain and in others, sure. Um, you cannot walk the world apart from God because, because you could not be without him. He is what your life is. Where you are, he is, there is one life. That life you share with him. Nothing can be apart from him and life. You're smiling. It just, I'm, it's just speech, speechless. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, uh, every single day, full feel. I live and walk with my head, my being, my prayer all the time. And I'm consistent. Um, if I think like God, it's no good thought and bad thought. It's just empty myself and being there and Holy Spirit get into me. <laughs> yes. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you. Yet where he is, there must be holiness as well as life. No attribute of his remains unshared by everything that lives. What lives is holy as himself, because what shares his life is part of holiness and could no more be sinful than the sun could choose to be of ice, the sea elect to be apart from water, or the grass to grow with roots suspended in the air. I just love when he gives us those pictures, <laughs> just to remind us to laugh. Yes. <laughs> and um, in the past, when someone had difficulty with the word holiness, I would suggest you can always say wholeness or healing. I walk with God in perfect healing, or I walk with God in perfect wholeness. So I always use a synonym until you can just use holiness because then you realize what it is. It's just the truth of what we are. Yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you. That's exactly what happened. I worked in working through this, preparing this lesson, I focused on the word holiness. Yeah. And then, I, yeah, wholeness, uh, oneness. And then I thought, yeah, but what does that mean? So I wanted to be able to talk about something more like walking with God in holiness and that, you know, because that's what we are. We are holy. We are one. We are we are holy. We are the Christ. Thank you very much. <laughs> there is a light in you which cannot die, whose presence is so holy that the world is sanctified because of you. All things that live bring gifts to you and offer them in gratitude and gladness at your feet. The scent of flowers is their gift to you. The waves bow down before you, and the trees extend their arms to shield you from the heat, and lay their leaves before you on the ground, that you may walk in softness, while the wind sinks to a whisper round your holy head. 
well. I'd say <clears throat> that um, it's pretty evident that that uh, we're, we're, we're honored. Our, our holiness is honored, not our ego, but our holiness. Uh, I don't know if I can add any more to that, so. Mm, uh, thank you, Dave, it's hard to, it's really hard to be humble enough to relate to that, you know, to ima imagine all that bowing and scraping down. <laughs> so, but yeah, thank you, Dave. The light in you is what the universe longs to behold. All living things are still before you for they recognize who walks with you. The light you carry is their own and thus they see in you their holiness, saluting you as savior and as God. Accept the reverence for it is due to holiness itself, which walks with you, transforming in its gentle light, all things unto its likeness and its purity. The image I had of the title is I walk with God in our perfect home right now, <laughs> right now. Not someday. But now, yeah, that's, thank you. That, that, <clears throat> it's just something you just have to sit there and, and let it, let, absorb it. Thanks, Tim. This is the way salvation works. As you step back, the light in you steps forward and encompasses the world. It heralds not the end of sin and punishment and death. In lightness and in laughter is sin gone because its quaint absurdity is seen. It is a foolish thought, a silly dream, not frightening, ridiculous perhaps, but who would waste an instant an approach to God himself for such a sinless whim. It just reminds me of one of the first points you made, Maurice, about lesson 182. I will be still an instant and go home. Yeah. Yeah. One of, the, one of the other things that uh, I've been thinking a lot about is there's a, a lot in um, A Course in Miracles, a whole lot. And what I've had to do in order to understand a lot of it, appreciate a lot of it, apply a lot of it, is to remember individual small sentences like God is, and I will be still an instant and go home. 
if I try to take on much more than that, I feel like I'm all over the place. Yeah, thank you, thank you Sakina. I, I totally agree. I, I completely agree with that and love that. I, I will be still an instant and go home. Those are the simple things that I can remember and relate to. Thank you. Yeah. And Lynn, did you want to say something, Lynn? You're on mute, Lynn. Oops, I'm unmuted. Thanks. I just um, see in that paragraph six where he's saying this, this is the way salvation works. And then he reminds us as you step back, it's like he's saying, don't take this personally. <laughs> this doesn't belong to our personhood to our separate individual. It belongs to holiness, which is the, you know, the state of, of uh, I've used the word recently, not taking shape. It's this holiness is a state that's an indivisible, uh, shapeless presence. Um, so as, as always, you know, we need to be reminded this, this is speaking to uh, our decision maker, our, our mind, and not to our personhood. So I just wanted to to add that. Thank you. Uh, thanks. Thank you. I love that reference of not taking shape. That that's so helpful. So um, I think Osmani has her hand up. Okay, Osmani. Thank you. <clears throat> thank you, Lynn. Um, in, in the same line as uh, Lynn was saying, I, I wanted to say that the, the beauty of this course, how accommodating it is to, you know, the words we need, to the words we feel comfortable with, as long as we don't confuse content with form, then everything is fine. We just can change a word, we can, you know, yeah. ma make the word, the, 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 the course ours. And, and also, as Lynn was mentioning about sentence two, to step back, that the you know the way the salvation works. Um, I remember listening to a talk. I don't remember who it was. It was a Vedanta talk, and and you, and he says that we we should be the light, not the enlightened enlightened one. You know, not the one who who behaves, but the one who can save the world. But only 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 the light bringer. So I just thought I needed to share that. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Asmani. Someone have seven? Yes, I do. Did you have wasted many, many years on just this foolish thought? This past is gone with all its fantasies. They keep you bound no longer. The approach to God is near. And in the little interval of doubt that still remains, you may perhaps lose sight of your companion and mistake it him for the senseless ancient dream that now is past. So what comes for me is that um, this course is about looking. And so it reminds us that, yeah, for so many years, we have had this thought of separation, but now we are able to see it and we are able to see 
the different paths that God is showing us. However, it's very easy to respond <coughs> of him. And so through the lessons, it reminds us every day who our companion is and get to know God and the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much, Margo. Yes. Did I pick somebody to do eight? Yeah, Jim, did you? Did you uh, what I'm thinking is, if we wait for that one until we do a breakout and come back and let you finish with that one, is that okay, Tim and Jim? That's fine. And then we could talk about for each one of us whatever has come to mind during this lesson, you know, the home idea, the walking, the holiness. Okay. Let's do it. Thank you, everybody. We had a wonderful breakout, I'm sure all of us did. So if Jim is still there, yes. Still here, yep. And with, yes, paragraph eight, the conclusion. Yes. <clears throat> we'll, be peace. we'll be quiet afterwards and. I walk with God in perfect holiness, lesson 156. Who walks with me? This question should be asked a thousand times a day till certainty has ended doubting and established peace. Today, let doubting cease. God speaks for you in answering your question with these words. I walk with God in perfect holiness. I light the world, I light my mind and all the minds which God created one with me. And back and thank you all my brothers and sisters we will walk with god in perfect holiness today <laughs> thank you Aris. thank you thanks everybody thanks very nice thank you tim do you have a time to talk to us for a second tim yes yeah i have a question 